We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 25 of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. 25 episodes, quarter of the way to 100. Woo! We'll be covering chapters 30 and 31. No, 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 um, 31 up. and 32. Yep, I don't know how to read. <laughs> I'm helping co-host a book club podcast and I don't know how to read. That's That's okay. This is how you're learning to read is through the podcast. (laughs) Same. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm Becca. I'm Bethany. I'm Ashley. And I swear we've done this before. We have perhaps (laughs) maybe a couple times. It sounds like this is our first episode. (laughs) We're like, it's a milestone. We've done 25 episodes and we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) I've never talked before. I was gone last time, right? Yeah. 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 So that's fair, I guess. You have an excuse. What's our excuse? I'm just tired. I don't, I don't get an excuse. <laughs> you you walked today, so you're ex- you exerted yourself physically. Yeah, your brain is not taking. I've, I've been yeah. getting up at like four and going to bed at like eleven. Um, I have a sugar hangover. It's nice. I mean, yesterday was Halloween, so See, yeah. I spent yeah. all day at work and then had classes until nine thirty, so I didn't really do anything. You didn't, you didn't get for, Halloween? No, not really. Halloween. Yeah. So yeah. how's everybody I, I doing? Dragon. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. How was Halloween for you? It was good. We just stuck to my mom's block. So we went to probably seven houses. Okay. Uh, the kids were dragons, which my Aww. sister got them their costumes at the thrift shop. So perfect, perfect. They loved being dragons. Uh, ben did great. He held his bucket. He held my hand. He went up to all the houses. He didn't say anything, but he would hold his bucket out, you know, and do the thing. Um, <laughs> Max doesn't like to carry stuff. <laughs> so it, it was a bit of a disagreement. He, he and dad had a nice discussion about, you know, this is this is what you have to do. You need to hold the bucket. You know, you can't trick or treat if you don't hold the bucket. And the compromise was that I would hold his hand and the bucket with the same hand that I was holding his hand with so that I could pretend that he was doing it properly because I wanted them to trick or treat. I was yeah. not going to let them stay home. Right. They're two years old. It's for me. Yeah. So, pretty much. Yeah. It's always for it's you. It's not you like they understand. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. exploit them yeah. for the so candy. Was, work was crazy because I'm on the events committee. So it was just, I was running around all day. Everybody dropped the ball on everything. So I was just putting out fires from 7 a.m. on. I only processed, and Bethany, this will mean something to you. I only processed 30 bills. Oh, you poor thing. You really did have a busy day. Anyway, okay, tangent. We've got to get back on track. Yes. (laughs) So Becca had lots of fun trick-or-treating. Ashley, how was your Halloween? It was good. I dressed up as Bella Goth, a sim from all of the Sims games. And we gave out candy. John scared children. That's, That's my favorite part. He dressed up like a werewolf and sat there really, really still. He also, we live right at the beginning of the neighborhood for the on-base housing. We live right at the beginning of the gate, where the gate is. And there were security forces members out there, military police. And they were, 
they were watching John, and he's like, hey man, you want some candy? And he jumped out at him and scared the <laughs> shit out of them. And all of them were laughing. I went over there and gave him some candy, because I worked nice with a of few you. of them. Yeah, we had fun. What did you do? On Samhain, or also known as Halloween. On Samhain? Samhain, yes. It is the Wicked New Year. Okay. I learned about witches, by the way. Okay. What did you learn? But first, Bethany talk. Sorry. Oh, um, nothing. <laughs> I worked, uh, oh, I realized I hadn't eaten, so I did that. I realized, so I had to be to work at like 1045 yesterday, and I realized around 10 yesterday that I hadn't eaten since about 945 the day before. Oof. So I was really lightheaded and really hungry. <laughs> So I just got really distracted with everything that's going on. So I grabbed two McChickens on the way to work, and I forgot how much I love McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's is delicious, you guys. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, then yeah. I was at work. I did find out I got a raise, so that Ooh. was nice. A whole quarter. <gasps> which is actually nice. pretty. A quarter is a lot. Um, I've yeah. only been there three months. That's a pretty big raise. <laughs> yeah, and then I was at work until six. And came home and had class until 9.30. And I uh, went to bed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty very much good. it. Next week, Supernova comes out. I'm very excited. That's the conclusion to the, the trilogy. Renegades trilogy by Marissa Myers. I'm very excited <laughs> for that. Oh, I've been... Hey, I've heard of her. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of, like, <laughs> extra homework so I can try to, you know, be ahead and uh, give myself enough time to read it. Tomorrow I have my first 5K since I twisted my ankle, so that's Ooh. exciting. It'll be uh, nice. 30 degrees, so a little cold, but whatever. For down that's here, it's not a little cold. That's a lot of cold down here. Down here, yeah, yeah. but it's not It's not too bad. I I remember doing a 5K in December in Nebraska, and it was like negative 3, so it's not horrible. No, but... But it's, it's still going to be cold. I'm going to have to wear layers. Yeah, I gonna. I saw these cute little um like headband earmuff thingies, and they were like seventeen dollars. So I'm just gonna crochet one because it'll take like what an hour. Yeah. So do you mm -hmm. crochet? I have. Have you? I didn't know that. Yep, I've also knit. I no. prefer knitting to crocheting. Opposite. No, I'd much rather crochet than oh. knit. Yeah, I would always rather crochet. High five. Yeah, knitting takes. <laughs> it takes more of me concentrating so it helps me concentrate on one single task no i love not so. knowing having to concentrate oh, yeah. Yeah, i can yeah. do it without looking on some of them no i've crocheted at, like a baseball game anywhere you crochet while yeah. you're not while you're driving but a red light oh absolutely if i'm making something simple like my little like nylon dish scrubbies or something heck yeah. yeah yeah my mom used to crochet during my figure skating practice and games well not i can games, see that competitions yeah. kind of games yeah, I prefer crocheting because it's easier. But yeah, that's yeah. that's about all I've had going on. Not much. Cool. Nothing super exciting here, you guys. It's just all school all the time. <laughs> but you're getting through it. So. I do have yeah. um, about seven weeks left, and then I get a two-week break, so that's very exciting. That is exciting. Wow. How many books do you have this time? 36. Okay. Last time, <laughs> last time I had 28 days off, and I got through, like, 31 books I think which is still pretty good so because that's basically what I do is I get time away from school and then it's like oh I can actually read a book and so I just read everything I can I read as much as possible but you only 
you have two weeks off, so 14, 16 days. Yeah, I probably won't get through all of them. I have to prioritize. I'll probably only get through like five or six. Okay, yeah, because 36 books, I mean, that would be more than two books per day. I mean, if they were like 100 pages a piece, it'd be fine. But like this one, though, this one's not going to take like a couple hours. This is like a day, day and a half. Okay, Let me see. Like I'll see how many pages Like a two-inch book. 480. 480. 480. So, I just finished one book this week. I don't read as fast as you, you do. She reads like three pages a minute. Yeah, I read really fast. I read a thousand-page book along with going to work, not reading there, going home, and reading only for an hour or two. A thousand-page book this week. She reads a lot faster than I do, but sometimes she misses stuff because of how fast she reads. Yeah. But, I mean, three pages a minute is really fast. How fast do you read? Maybe I'm just a slow reader. I have no idea. I type 92 words per minute. I don't know how fast I read. I think you read. savor your books. No, because to savor is, like, to intentionally slow down so that you can enjoy it more. And I'm not intentionally reading slowly. It's not... I'm not intentionally a slow reader. It just so happens that I am a slow reader, I guess. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What about you, Becca? How fast of a reader are you? Like, how long did it take you to read today's chapters, for example? Uh, Well, the two chapters for today's episode, I started reading on my lunch break as soon as my SpaghettiOs were done. Ooh, and- fancy barely finished the first chapter when my lunch break was over and the only time that I stopped reading was to go downstairs and get a Dr. Pepper okay so so you're just as slow as I am yeah yeah I'm just a freak (laughs) I'm just a freak it's fine I don't think that makes you a freak I think that that's a skill I think that to be able to read as quickly as you do is is a gift and a talent, not something that makes you a freak. Yeah. So before we get into today's episodes, I do want to say real quick, we got a lot of people who said tangents are fine, so I don't feel too bad about them anymore. (laughs) I do want to ask Becca a question. Last week, Lena, Breeze Afterglow, asked us, if you guys could have any of the tech from the books or from what you've read up to to this point, which would you want? And I had a guess for you. I had two okay. guesses for you, but I want to know your actual answer. Okay, tell me first what you guys picked for yourselves. I said I wanted Ico or an Ico. Oh. I said the screen and stuff, like inside your brain, right? Her interface? Yeah, her yeah. interface. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Yeah, like I'm tempted to say that that's what I would want or like I would want her ability to literally record memories and replay them or literally make lists in your head that are actual lists. But I don't think I really would want that. I think that would be bad. And then like her whole control panel calming her nervous system when she starts to get like too emotional (laughs) or something like that sounds great too. But then maybe not. Man, it'd be nice to be able to store things in my leg. (laughs) <laughs> I would really like an Ico, but <laughs> I guess that you might want the chip because you talk a lot about how it would be nice to just like scan all the time. So I said you might it like would- that or you might like, but then like we talked about before, that's an invasion of privacy from the conspiracy government. So it's like either that or right. an Ico. I definitely would. I would love an Ico. I figured you'd want the Ico. 
Yeah. I'd get a cake out of an Ico, but only if it had the faulty personality chip of an That's Ico. what I said. I said it has to have a faulty personality chip. Yeah. But also, though, would I really want to hang out with Ico because, like, do I want my Android to be cooler than me? <laughs> I already say, know I'm not cool. <laughs> I would say all of my friends are cooler than me, so that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Am I secure enough for that? I don't know. Maybe. My husband's shaking his head. He thinks I'm not. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, that's so funny. The other thing I want to do is real quick say a thank you to Beck the Librarian. She sent us a really sweet email. And she asked us not to read it, so I won't. But it was a really sweet email. I think we were all pretty moved by it. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to say a quick thank you for taking the time to out of your busy day to send us such a lovely email. For sure. For I sure. love it. Yeah, yep. So before I cry, can we talk about the Fan Art Friday? Yes. Yes. Okay, you guys, Friday's Fan Art Friday that you saw three days ago. Oh, my goodness, you guys, this is beautiful. It's beautiful. I love her dress. She's gorgeous. Like, she doesn't need to glamorize anything. She's just gorgeous. And how scary predator is it when it's like, oh, she's gorgeous. I'll do anything she wants. But, oh, she's evil. I think what impressed me the most was the facial features. Because if you looked at the facial features, it was so incredible. First of all, it's of Lavana and it's from Laura Hollingsworth. She was the one who created my version of Kai that I love so much. And she's also one of the artists credited on the TLC wiki. So that's exciting. But what I really like about the facial expression is that she looks sweet. Yeah. Yes. She has a very, like, sweet disposition. And that's kind of how I picture her. I don't picture her. I know a lot of people picture her as, like, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie does not have a sweet or soft disposition. She's very clearly, like, she's gorgeous, but she's a very intimidating person. She's got very, like, sharp features. Mm -hmm. And she's very intense. And Lavana is supposed to represent, like, the sweet but untrustworthy type. So I really appreciated this depiction because I think it captured that really well. Mm-hmm. I liked the, I liked all of it. I liked the dress. I liked that it was a mermaid cut dress. I love oh, mermaid cut yeah. dresses. That's what I went, f- when I went for my senior prom, I wore a black mermaid cut dre- dress. I really liked that. I also liked, she, she's got a power pose. That's what it was. Yeah. It was straight up power pose. She's looking over at you and you're like, It's a good point. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Predator, help! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I thought about it. I like the, what do you call it? The portrait of her. Just her face. Portrait. Oh, the headshot? Yeah. I really like that one. That one was really, really well in good detail. Yeah. I agree. So thank you, Laura, for sharing those with us. They were beautiful. And speaking of fan art, the logo contest is over. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And our winner is Miss Angela Wong. Woo! I'm very excited. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who participated. I don't think we thought we were going to get that much participation. So that's very exciting that we got so much. And I can't wait for everyone to see the new logo. I think it's gorgeous. She put a lot of effort into the teeniest, tiny little details. It's posted on our Instagram right now. You can go check it out and on her Instagram. I encourage you, if you check it out, to try to find all the details because she included elements from everything from TLC and Heartless and Renegades. And she really put 
a lot of effort into it and it was quite beautiful. So thank you to everyone who submitted. Do you guys want to say anything about the logo contest? I'm excited. Can't wait to see it as our logo. I love it. It's great. I, I love that people participated. It's amazing. And I love the new logo. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> it's very exciting. And I, I love how much participation we got because we're at 25 episodes. And gosh, I just can't believe that many people listen to us. <laughs> I feel very special. <laughs> okay, should we talk about chapter 31? Yes. All right, where did we okay. leave off? We left off with well, Cinder. Pearl was destroying her the beautiful gloves that Kai gave Cinder. What a bitch. What a bitch. She sounds like a yeah. bitch. I just listened to that episode of BOS. She <laughs> sounds like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but we're back in Cinder's perspective again. So we're still with Cinder. And she's walking home. More like limping home. With her with her crutches. I immediately got so sad. Same. Because... She's walking home from the market, and I thought, oh, every day for the last five years, she's walked home from the market with Ico, and now she's walking without Ico in a world where Peony doesn't exist, and she doesn't even have a foot. Yep. And Pearl just destroyed her gloves, which, on the last occasion, that she'll see Kai. Okay, also, can I just say, once again, what is with the messenger bag? Because it specifically says, as she's walking home, that, like, her messenger bag is, like, you know, being all awkward as she's trying to use her crutches. Girl, get a backpack. What is your deal? Messenger bags are so much more cool than the regular backpack, though. Well, I don't even think it's that. She doesn't get the opportunity to be cool. It's probably just what she had. I know. Right? Like, she probably got reject. She probably got, like, Pearl or Peony or Audrey's old messenger bag. I doubt she even has a new one. Take the strap off the messenger bag, split it in two, make it a backpack. Yeah, or tie it around your waist or something. Because, like, you can put it on your shoulder and then, like, tuck it back so it's behind your back. But before. it's still not as, you know, secure. I want her to have a backpack. Backpacks are better all around for your back, too, so. Yep. I focused on my messenger bag outrage, so I wouldn't have to be so sad about Peony and Ico. <laughs> oh, gotta do what we gotta do to survive. Where I put my energy. And that's what she's doing, too. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I I took comfort in the fact that, like, they didn't make Cinderella carry all their shopping bags home like a pack mule. But it's still very bleak. It is. But, she, yeah. like I said, she's also trying to look at the positives. The positives. One more evening. Mm-hmm. I have that underlined. Her survival mantra. One more evening. Yeah. Just one more. And I don't. I wanted to know if you guys could relate to this because I so could relate to this. When you're like crazy miserable and everyone around you is like giddy and happy and in a good mood and like there's positivity flowing from everyone and you're miserable and you just want to be miserable and their happiness is annoying Last instead week, of yes. being infectious. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Like the old meme about like if you really hate somebody then everything they do is annoying like look at that bitch over there eating the crackers you know the crackers. <laughs> bitch eating crackers <laughs> when julie helps rachel put her apron on and, and rachel's like oh what a bitch because <laughs> she just hates her so much that even when she's nice she's like oh she's the worst <laughs> friends deep cuts there julie wow early seasons. anyways um <laughs> i relate to that on two levels one 
I have had such a case of melancholy the last week and a half. I can't even overcome it. So that's been a bummer. Two, I am usually a positive and chipper person. And on more than one occasion, I have been irritating to someone who's unintentionally. But there are plenty of days like when I walked into work, (laughs) when I walked into work and like Sarah or Misty or somebody was like in a bad mood. And I'm like, hey, good morning. How are you? And I could tell that they just wanted to like punch me in the face. Mm -hmm. Did a supervisor have to talk to you once about like, (laughs) well, yeah, one time. Was it Sarah? Sarah was like, I think so. Sarah was like. Okay, she had a tooth thing. That's what it was. Because Sarah doesn't really get sick. She had a tooth thing. And it had been bothering her like crazy. And she finally got an appointment to go to the dentist. And I was like all chipper. And she was like, sweetie, you're so nice. You, But it's, it's 6 o'clock in the morning and my mouth hurts. So I need you to just be grumpy about being at work like I am. And I was like, yeah, we're blows. Like, I, I caught on really quick. Like, I was like, all right, I'll just change my... I'll change it up. I'll I'll put a lot of energy into being mad instead of happy. Like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just, like, a very energetic person. I was like that last week, yeah. too. I've been yeah. in a lot of pain, and so I've been steadily, my, my mental state has been declining. Mental state's a good word for it. I keep saying headspace. Headspace is a good one, too. But, yeah, yeah I've just... I've, I finally got fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so my spine was turned. So instead of, you know, being straight like it's supposed to, the bottom was turned, tweaked just a little bit. And my SI joint was hitting a nerve and making all my nerves. Oh, dear. Yeah, it sucked. And I'd teach yeah. like that. Well, I'm glad that you are doing better. Me too. I, I hope I... that your cookies I... on hump day helped. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, I walked in, I walked into my office. Did you not office. recognize my handwriting? I did. But okay. I was, I was making sure. I left cookies. Do. I had Quentin leave cookies on her desk yeah. at work. I used to do stuff like that for Becca. I would bring her Crane's coffee and leave it on her desk. Oh, it's so sweet. I just saw it. I was like, oh. <laughs> there was one day I did it and she didn't come to work. And I was like, where are you? And she was like, oh, I don't know. I don't work today. I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, why? I was like, buy you a coffee. <laughs> so I had two coffees that day. <laughs> It's sweet. It was really sweet. I loved it. I thought it was sweet. I put a pineapple oh. on your bag. I know. I saw it. <laughs> it was sweet. I looked at it. It made my day. Good. That's, like, that's, the, that's always the goal. And then I immediately shoved two of those cookies into my mouth and talked to my coworkers I, like that. <laughs> I, I feel like a narcissist when I say it, but I make really good cookies. So sometimes cookies when I'm, good. sometimes you, when I have melancholy, it helps me. Your cookies are unique. Unique. That's exciting. Because I've never had cookies like that the flavor profile the combination is yeah, yeah it's yeah. different than what i there's a lot of elements going on but it's got, it gives you a good mouth feel yeah that's nice <laughs> <laughs> i like food flavor profile food is delicious wow but yeah i could just relate with her being all giddy and then and then i don't know if you guys looked at my notes but i wrote boom sassy cinder like seven times oh my god i'm sure i could have come home faster except someone stole my foot yeah, all her sass and and pearls evil and pe- pearls evil. I put yuck. Pearls right. Regina. Yeah, there's a whole page and a half of Pearl just being a yucky person and Cinder yeah. being sassy as I love what one of the lines I loved. <laughs> I'm just 
I'm just glad you found at least one body part that's lovely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, there, you have one piece of you that's lovely. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this conversation with Pearl. We haven't really gotten to spend a lot of time with Pearl. No, she's always hiding. Yeah. But we do yeah. get confirmation. Uh, or Okay. I don't want to, like, agree with Regina, but that was kind of a low blow for Cinder, I think. Which part? The part what, with Peony. The part mm. with Peony, I thought, was a bit low. Yeah, that was definitely below the belt. Yeah. I've, and I and I understand that Cinder is doing it to, like, deep cut Pearl, but I feel like it's using Peony as a pawn, and I didn't really, I don't know, I just didn't like that. What did you guys think of that? I mean, she's still trying yeah. to deal with her own mourning. Yeah. Basis. She really hasn't been allotted the time to mourn. She wasn't even allowed uh-huh. to go to a funeral procession of her sister. Yeah, that's so true. So she's not, she hasn't been allowed to mourn. So maybe dealing with it like this is the way she deals with it. Well, it's been a week it. now. I mean, a lot <laughs> has happened. And- well, I understand <laughs> that, but you wanted per- you wanted Audrey to get over it in an hour. True, true. So... <laughs> And now Peony's had, like, uh, Cinder's had a week. You were mad that Audrey wasn't over it in the hour it took Cinder to get home. So, I mean. Because Audrey has no soul. Yes, there's a difference. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it was a little below the belt. And I was just curious what you guys thought. I didn't even understand any of that. But um, we do get confirmation that, uh, Becca, we talked about, like, back in Chapter 3, we talked about how Cinder wasn't going to tell Audrey and Pearl about Kai because she thought they would use the mm-hmm. the connection to their advantage mm-hmm. and we do get confirmation that that's exactly what Pearl's going to do. Yeah, she is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she thinks that this is an in and that she can like, you know, sabotage Cinder while she's at it. Win-win for Pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she thinks. And she's, she's absolutely vicious. They... Mm-hmm. There's one part in here that I actually rolled my eyes at when Pearl's over there taunting and more intense taunting of Cinder, where I know you killed her. Everyone knows it was your fault. I just rolled my eyes at her. I wrote I wrote that she's just like her mom blaming Cinder for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and was my, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, just like Audrey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She's a pro. I I don't want to claim that like Pearl is a product of her environment because Peony was so wonderful, but we definitely talked about how Peony could be so kind and beautiful and and have just such a beautiful soul when Audrey was her mother. Mm-hmm. And we definitely see here that uh, Audrey definitely ru- definitely rubbed off on Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Because her responses are pretty much the same as uh, Audrey's were. Yeah, they are. And this is kind of like our first like real interaction with her because so far Pearl has been very like quiet, quiet bystander. Yeah. I mean, she's made a couple of snide comments like, did you just short circuit? And then all of a sudden last chapter, she's going off on Cinder. She's destroying her gloves. Now she's literally like, giving dramatic speeches where she tells Cinder off. Like, she, we're definitely she's, getting a lot more of her character here. She's t- temper tantrum. Yes. That's what I see. She's she's in her terrible twos. But at 17. <laughs> but, yeah, at 17. Oh, dear. Yeah. Sounds about right. And they're supposed to be mourning peony. 
And they're fighting instead. Yep. Yep. It's so Cinder gets sent to wash the car. Yeah, she does. Clean the carriage, Cinderella. I, before, before that happens, I just like how Cinder's trying to get back at Audrey and is like, what are people going to say about you? Aren't you in mourning? Oh, see, I, I felt like, um, she, I felt like part of that was genuine. Oh, I feel like, I feel like stabbing the beast. Oh, it definitely is. Cause she even said that like, she knows that was a button she shouldn't have pushed, but like Cinder says, even if she had the choice, she wouldn't have gone without Peony. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Cinder is genuinely like, why would you go when we should be mourning mm-hmm. Peony just died? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> One more evening. One more evening. She says it a couple times in here. And then she gets yeah. to watch, uh, she gets to watch Kai's coronation on her brain camera. She does. That might be a piece of tech I might enjoy. This whole picture-in-picture business she's got going on. Yeah. (laughs) Watching TV and nobody knows it. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, that would make work a little less boring. I On Wednesday, I worked from home, and I watched The Office all day, which I know Jerry hated because he hates The Office, and he was here. Um, He just said he doesn't hate it, but he's he's not a fan. Like, it was the D'Angelo episodes, which are not good. But (laughs) I used to listen to Friends. On Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have that memorized so much that it's okay if I just, like, if I hear it, I can visualize it. I wanted to talk about Kai's clothing. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, where does this start? Well, Um, there's some information on page 306 about, let me see. Go ahead. I'll read it real quick. Newscaster explained the symbolism behind different elements of the coronation. The embroidery on Kai's robe, the designs in the crest that would be raised when he took his vows, the number of times the gong would be struck when he ascended to the dais, all practices that had been around for centuries, cobbled together from the many cultures that had come together to form the Commonwealth. So I just wanted to talk about that for a second, because we did talk about how the Commonwealth encompasses all of these different countries. Mm-hmm. Very. Do you suppose... It says at one point in this chapter um, that there are 12 provinces. You suppose those line up with the most populous countries? Probably. Let's think. There are parts. Let me pull up the map real quick. Oman, UAE, Indonesia, Malaysia. That's all a part of the Eastern Commonwealth. So this is this is a lot of well, different cultures. Let's go back to the map real quick. I want to see something. Quite a few more than 12 countries. So I want her to just tell us combined to whittle us down to 12 provinces. Gosh darn it. I need to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it a few chapters ago about how the war might have left some areas too damaged. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the news, but in the last 15 years, Indonesia has lost over 100 islands. So has Malaysia because they're just sinking into the water. The Philippines has lost 18 islands in the last 10 years. So a lot of those areas might not be as populated. Mm -hmm. Yemen, a a lot of the Middle East, I'm going to be honest here, if we're theorizing World War Four and the devastation it would have, a lot of it would be in the Middle East. There has been tension in the Middle East. Since the beginning um, of time. Basically, since before Jesus. So, yeah, there might be a lot of area over there that's damaged, especially since it's, like, such a natural resource 
yep. wealth. The Maldives is probably all sunken by now. At this 400 years from now, Maldives is already almost completely gone. So I would assume that, I mean, that Micronesia, the Marshall Islands, that's probably all gone. Did it say? She Does has, the map say where Hawaii went? It's there. But it, we can't see what color that is. I'm, it looks like it's red to me. But Okay. Because that that's a U.S. territory as well. Several of those out there. Samoa is a U.S. territory. Well, Hawaii is not a U.S. territory. It's, it's an actual it's state. It's a state. I'm talking about the other territories. I wonder where Guam would be, things like that. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that might be... We might not have territories anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. It might be provinces. Maybe it's split up by population. Could be. Could be. Or it's like, you know, here, where it's just arbitrary lines. Sure. I know, I just want to know. <laughs> 12, just seems, 12 actually seems really small to me. But, I mean, yeah. think about it, nuclear war? Yeah, we did talk about the population only being like 7 million people. So, yeah, I guess 12 is fine. Yeah. Anyway, we've cobbled together all of these cultures, and we have all this symbolism, and clothes are turtle doves embroidered on a mandarin collar, signifying peace and love, which that has not changed. He has draped over his shoulders a midnight blue cloak embroidered with six silver stars, signifying the peace and unity of these six earthen kingdoms. A dozen chrysanthemums, signifying the 12 provinces of the Commonwealth and how they would flourish under his reign. I wonder why chrysanthemum. What do every flower has like a different meaning, right? It does. Yes. I'm not sure what a mum has. It symbolizes yes. optimism and joy. Man, I should have had mums in my wedding bouquet. Yeah. You should have. You because I was a joy. You were a joy. I actually drew it out because I didn't want to forget what it looked like. So it's got a really drawing in my book. <laughs> Sorry, those who get it. <laughs> the I thought the leaves were really neat on there. On the mums. Yeah, I kind of like how Cinder's just daydreaming while this is happening, but I like how much detail we get on what he's wearing, yeah. I also got really excited when she finally was seeing the bigger picture, because that's been my thing with her for a while, is Mm. I just want her to see the bigger picture. Yeah. And then we get the phantom predator. Like, she's not bad enough as a predator. Now she has to be a phantom predator. And her delicate white veil. Veil. (gasps) Creepy. Did anybody else notice that Sybil and whoever the other thaumaturge is, they're not wearing veils. They aren't. Right. So they must be attractive enough that it doesn't matter, or they're not, like, high-ranking enough that they're allowed to wear a veil or something. I don't know. I mean, do we suppose that Lavana is, like, really ugly? Ugly enough that she doesn't want herself. Maybe it's like a. Maybe it's just a power move. Maybe it's not that she's ugly, but that it's like a power move to never mm-hmm. reveal her face on camera. Then no one knows what she really looks like. Like Sia. Yeah, actually, Sia does that. Did you hear about that? No. There's a rumor. I read an article about it a long time ago. There's a rumor that Sia does all of that stuff. They, that they put out, they were like, oh, she does it because of stage fright. Sia has been a for- performer for over 20 years. There's a lot of people that think they did that because she was in her 40s and they didn't think people would buy her music. So they started covering up her face to hide what her age might be. Because she was like 42 when her when Dandelier came out. Or Titanium. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyways, that's just like a, a pop culture conspiracy theory. But yeah, it's just hiding culture. so nobody knows what she really looks like. Yeah. Could be power. I, I could see power moves, definitely. Or that she's just not comfortable with seeing herself. That too. I mean, she's a lunar. They don't like mirrors. Yeah, but I mean, Sybil and this other thaumaturge are fine. So are the guards. The guards aren't wearing veils on camera. <laughs> that would be insane. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Like, visibility will just go down. Like, yeah. I'm having this over. I'm messing with <laughs> my canopy. Bethany's canopy. Like, this is really yeah. distracting. <laughs> yeah, it would be very distracting. Hello, I am the predator, Becca. <laughs> the phantom predator in this chapter. I really thought, what did you guys think of this? I thought it was really cool that it was a representative from another Earthing Union that oh, officiated so. the coronation. I thought that was really cool. Definitely dope. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And then Kaya's, like, serious, handsome, and oddly serene. And then Kai's speech is is, uh-huh. is very beautiful and poetic. The only thing I wanted to talk about was he talked about unification of many people, many cultures, many ideals, no matter our differences and stuff. And I wrote, um, unless you're a cyborg. Ouch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got kind of sorting hat feels from that. Like oh, when yeah? The, when the sorting hat in book five and six, the sorting hat says... We need to stand together to face the evil black jazz during his yeah. song. That's, That's what book I feel. four and five, by the way. Four and five? Harry doesn't hear it in book six because he gets stuck on the train. Sorry. <laughs> Quinn and I were just talking about how Ravenclaws are annoying, and this is probably one of the... <laughs> I mean, sometimes you must have a Potter explain. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. why we keep well, yeah. her around. <laughs> She's got all of I'm, our knowledge. I'm a fact checker. <laughs> And then we also find out Lovana is the first one to come to Earth in almost a hundred years. So these tensions with Lunar are a lot more than twelve years in the making. Definitely. Like he says, we've oh, been at war for almost twelve years. It's like, no, y'all have been at war for almost a hundred years. Yeah. Just no, but yeah. this is a very long Cold War. It is. Yes. It is a Cold War. Yeah. Well, nobody's okay. throwing the first punch, but yeah. everybody's on edge. I like the word pestilence. It's a good word. It's a great adjective that doesn't get used often. It's like your guys' love of Fortnite. Yes. And peculiar. I like the word peculiar. Nobody seems to use it. I prefer peculiar over Fortnite. Okay. Yeah, I all would right, say the same. Right. I like pestilence. And then, uh, of course, Lavana wants to make it all about her. Oh, my God, right? As if she were humbled by the recognition. Oh, gross. Eyes rolling. This was an angsty chapter for me. Like, I felt angsty. What do you guys think about his promise and his... What did you think of his speech? I thought it was great. I loved his speech. It was crazy long. We're obviously not going to read the whole thing. But I loved his speech. I like that he's trying to unite everyone. That's what his goal is. And he's saying that he's going to do everything he can for his country. I think it speaks very loudly of who he is from what we know, what we've interacted with. How about you, Becca? Yeah, I agree. I Yeah, he's a good dude. And I love, like, this ending where it seems like he just goes rogue. <laughs> Miss Congeniality. Yes! When she gives that, like, great speech, and then she's like, and if anyone tried to hurt one of my new friends, I would hunt them down and kill them. Like, just... Yes. <laughs> it's like, this yes. is a great speech, and then she keeps going. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, yes. Missing in geniality. Who do, we, who do we think wrote this speech? Because I feel like this is very Torin, but I don't know if Torin yeah. would be the one that wrote it or if it's like 
multiple people wrote it and Torin just kind of let it. Because a lot of this sounds like all of the stuff that Torin's been talking about the whole book. I bet you Torin wrote it and then somebody else revised it and then Torin read it again with the res- okay. revisions, revised it again, and then Kai might have read through it and then made his revisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I definitely heard a lot of Torin mm-hmm. in this speech. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we end with Kai's Promise. Yeah. That's what I would have named this chapter. Kai's Promise. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that could be fun. I just thought of a new segment. <laughs> Name this chapter? <laughs> you know how, like, in Best of Friends, they rename the episode? There are no chapter yeah, titles. We could come up with chapter titles. And this one would be the one with Kai's Promise? Yeah. Yeah, I love this idea. Okay, let's do it. The one with Kai's Promise. Okay. All right. So my quote this week is long but pretty. Um, <laughs> she feared for him a bit, knowing how nervous he must be. But in that moment, he was not the prince who had brought a broken android to the market or almost kissed her in an elevator. He was her emperor. Very different person now. Very Mm -hmm. different relationship. So my quote was, each was symbolic gift. Long life, wisdom, goodness of heart, generosity, patience, joy. I just liked it because it was was nice. It really was. It was just, it was a positive quote. It was a positive quote. And it's very symbolic, like it says. Mm -hmm. What was your quote, Becca? Okay, I found mine, sorry. Uh, page 305. Cinder gaped at her, unbalanced by the sudden slip from the immature boat. Unbalanced. I like that word. Yeah, I it's another it good that. one that doesn't get used. I feel it all the damn time. I never use that word. I'm going to start using it. I think unbalanced is how everyone feels at least once a day. I think for me, it's like a million times a day, but at least once a day, everybody feels unbalanced. I get it every single day because of the students. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They ask me off-the-wall questions all the time. And sometimes I'm like, no, I can't answer that. I'm like, I'll write it on board. We'll talk about it. But, yeah, I get I get the weirdest questions. So should we do Chapter 32? We should. Let's do it. We pick up still with Cinder. What? Yeah, we've been so, with Cinder for quite a few chapters now. We have. Yeah. So she dilly-dallies after she washes the hover. She gets a few pitying glances for the limping cyborg with only a foot. And everybody is... The apartment building has come to life again. Everybody's getting ready. Everybody's got their beautiful dresses on. Cinder's over here like, I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to touch she's anything. She's using the rat mental checklist, though. She's got green text scrolling across her vision. And I have to wonder, does she get to pick the color? Ooh. Yeah, maybe her favorite color is green or something. Ooh. Yeah. I would go, like, all obsessive trying to pick the best font. I don't know if you guys have paid attention to emails, but my font is always Arial Nero. I just really like that um, font. Oh. I use that <laughs> constantly. It has yeah. really times Roman, basically. Yeah. Morning in my computer, you know? Yes. You get to pick three. So I have a background, I have text, and then I have the cursor color. And the color yes. that we use. <laughs> oh, yeah. My background is always either black or dark, dark blue. Okay. But my text color changes. But Wednesdays, it's always a shade of pink. Because Wednesdays, we Wednesdays. wear pink. <laughs> Yellow for Hufflepuff. Yesterday, of course, I did black and orange with the purple cursor, you know. I think because you told me about doing Hufflepuff colors, I did Ravenclaw colors, and I was obsessed because of how it looked and how easy it was to read. And I did that for, like, two weeks straight. I just did the bronze, gold, and the blue. Because I remember it took me forever to find the proper bronze gold, and I was like, oh, it's a good thing I came into work early because I spent way too much time picking a color. (laughs) 
center. Like I would never get anything on my to-do list done because I would scroll my to-do list by until it like was the perfect font and color. That's yeah. Funny. That's like the very big divide between us because I like Times New Roman 10 to 12 point double spaced. Everything. I don't do double spaced unless I have to for school. I double space everything. And then for actual documents, I bring it down to the, the single space. And then I go from there. Everything's all very specific. And I always use Times New Roman. No, I don't I'm find writing. Times New Roman very appealing. See, I do. I love the way it looks. I, I much prefer Arial Narrow, which is this one. I'm trying to think. I'm going to look. I think I, I read with a dyslexic font on for my phone. Um, no, actually, this is Bookery. Bookerly. See, and I always use Palatino. And I used to use Open Dyslexic, and that's what it looks like. Okay. It just helps. That actually yeah. slows me down a lot, so I actually pay attention. But a lot of times I'm on my actual Kindle, not my phone. I have everything in my life color-coordinated. You do. You're very organized, though. Oh, yeah. Everything over there is completely color-coordinated. My life is a chaotic mess. Everything has its own color folder, its own color folder on my phone, on my computer, its own pen. So when it gets put in the calendar, it has its own color, its own highlighter color. I have seven different classes. I have to keep track of them somehow. Everybody gets their own color. It works. Like, that's your system. Yeah. I mean, her entire room is organized, honestly, guys. Well, it's like, it's just everybody organizes things differently, you know? Like, my my shelves, my bookshelves make sense to me. But they don't have, like, a proper organization. So, okay. If they're by the same author, they're together. But, yeah, all of mine are separated by, like genre so like all of the fairy tale adaptations are on in a section all of the dystopic books are in a section meg cabot gets her own shelf because she never stops writing too true all the classics are in one section there's like a sci-fi section which twilight does not get to be a part of that's a romance (laughs) isn't it technically twilight is just young adult don't get me started on why young adult is not a genre um (laughs) But, yeah, I just, I mean, everybody has their own way of organizing things. Yeah. And I think that, like, whatever works for you is perfect. Yeah. Because I agree. Like, I I think I completely agree with Becca. I would spend a lot of time worrying about colors. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Just because. It depends on my mood. I would, like, today, I, I have had some serious melancholy the last couple of days. So I would be picking, like, purple and pink and anything bright that I think would help pull me out of it. Oh, see, I'd be wallowing in the melancholy. I'd be picking, like, a blue. And gray and stuff. I wear black yeah. all the time, so. I'm going to wear colors. <laughs> like, I've got colors underneath. But so. you prefer to only wear black? Yeah, it matches everything. That's true. I mean, you can see yeah. my closet is, like, random colors. I like all your colors, though. Like, you're my bright, mm-hmm. shiny person. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. Um, I don't know if you pay too much attention in there, but a lot of that's color coordinated too. No, I noticed. My closet is color coordinated and then by sleeve length. Mine's uh-huh. done by sleeve length and weight. Quentin's is done by, it's in there. He doesn't separate his I uniforms out? His I uniforms remember. are separate from everything okay. else, but like the rest of his clothes are just in there. Because I separate my uniforms out into a completely different closet. Well, he has that big... Yeah, he's got his uh, yeah. He's got his nice own big closet, which is really he, nice. He also has, like, like my dresser is very meticulously organized, too. And his dresser is, like, it's organized, but it's okay if things get put in the wrong drawer. 
it's not okay if you're in my dresser and things get put in the wrong drawer. I think you'd be very surprised about my dresser. Why? How organized it is. Really? Yeah. How organized is it? So I have the top one, half of it's underwear, half of it's socks. The next one is all uniform items. The next one is all PT gear, and it's all, like, stacked up and pretty and nice. And the bottom one is all lingerie and underpinnings. Okay. So it's, you'd be very impressed, because yeah, you've all seen of my mine life. Is, all of mine, <laughs> I'm just a very organized person. That's how I... That's how you thrive. That's how I, like, oh, that's the type of thing that, like, um, therapeutic. I find organizing mm-hmm. things to be very to be very therapeutic. So it's mm-hmm. a, and honestly, you know, between the podcast and working like thirty hours a week and having seven different classes, if I wasn't crazy organized, there's no way I'd be able to do all of this. Yeah, for you sure. know, this, yeah, you know, when it like didn't put something back in the right drawer. It, I mean, not that I have any drawers. Like it would be a big problem for me in my life now. Like I don't even have a closet. I have a cupboard about like that, and I have my pants Kamari folded, and then I have this little plastic like bin with my socks. Mm-hmm. I have like a cupboard about yay wide, maybe about a foot wide, that just barely keeps my five hangers. I have five shirts, five hangers hung across, and then in the bottom of that cupboard, because it's actually pretty deep, I have another like plastic bin dealie where I put KonMari folded pajamas and t-shirts. And then there's a little bin that sits in the back of that bin with KonMari folded underwear. Anyway. Anyways, yes, it would be very convenient to have the the texting and, and videos and stuff in your head. I made a comment on my notes about the emptiness of the living room because yeah. my husband is in the military and sometimes he leaves and there's always this like, I have to take him to the airport and drop him off and then come home. And I always feel a little bit empty. And then also, like, if the dogs go to a sitter while we go out of town and then we come home, it's a very strange feeling to walk into my house and not have dogs greet you. It's very surreal. I don't like it. (laughs) I've just had it too long. It's very unsettling. Yeah, Yeah, I understand. It's unbalanced. It's unbalanced. When Gulliver died and Milo went away and we no longer had a cat in the house, it was very unsettling. Totally moved out. I couldn't handle it very well. But for Cinder, though, this is blissful emptiness. Yes, it it's is. a very different feeling for her. Yeah, I think that says a lot about who she lives with compared with, you know, who we live with. <laughs> right. Big difference. Uh, yeah. Did you guys also, I just keep bringing up Iko, I'm sorry. I was remembering how they were talking about watching the coronation and the ball on TV and eating popcorn in the living room with Iko. And now she's in the emptiness of the house by herself. And that made me a little sad. But she does still have Iko, though. She does still have her. She's just not I understand that she has, like, her, her ID chip. But not only is she not conscious, there's not a way to make her conscious. True. Like, she, she has... She has Aiko in the sense that, like, oh, we have everyone in our hearts, but she's still alone right now. Yeah. Aiko's not, vis- like, Aiko's not actually there for her to interact with. Maybe you yeah. just have a different perception of it, because... You don't think I she'd don't, rather have Aiko there I think she to actually, rather, like, communicate with? No, I think that she would rather have her with there, but at the same time, she still does have her. Like, I don't talk to John all all the time. Sometimes we say three words to each other when we're going to bed. That's good night. I love you or something. That's four words. I'm bad at counting. But 
just knowing that, you know, even if he's not around me, I still have him. I oh, I was memory and things like that. I was I was literally saying, like, I think in this moment she might miss Iko because she's not interacting with Iko. Mm-hmm. Her and Iko had plans to do all of this stuff together. And yes, Iko is there because she has her ID chip. But this was supposed to be like a great adventure that they got to experience together. And Iko's not experiencing anything at the moment. Yeah. So that's that's what I meant. OK, that's why I said I thought she might miss Iko. So you don't think she misses her at all because she just she knows that she's still there, so it's not a concern. I think she misses her, but at the same time, I think she's more driven on other things. That's fair. What do you think? I think it's so sweet how she's packing her little bindle and she has gifts from Aiko. Yes. Yes. And see, that's what makes me think she would want Aiko there. I do love her little bindle, though. I love her little, I picture it on like a little stick yes. with polka dots. And oh, I did a checker pad, a red and white checker pad. Oh, okay. I was picturing, like, a um her bag. Yeah, it's called a bindle. It's a, a hobo stick bag. It's called yeah. a bindle. Okay. And I thought that was really cute. Because mm-hmm. all these long nights are catching up with her, and she's going to escape her imprisonment. And she's got to pack her little bindle. She does. Go ahead. And right after she packs her bindle, it mentions that the personality chip and Peony's ID chip are in her cast compartment which I never realized until this moment is, like, not part of her foot. It's, like, not part of what Audrey took away. No, Audrey took her foot. Her calf is still there. Yeah. I mean, she is, what, 36%? Well, we talked about her calf compartment of a, bajil- a bajillion chapters back because you and I were talking about, like, how my calf compartment wouldn't have a lot of space. Right, yeah, yeah. And mine would be rather roomy if you could fit, like, a two liter of soda in there. But also, yeah, I, I just, I guess I it didn't really click for me. Were you picturing her, like, nothing knee down then, since Audrey took her foot? Or were you just, like, vague pictures? Uh, just vague pictures, but I picture her, like, more of, like, stump below the knee, and then, like, cyborg part, removable, fit onto the stump magic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, re- I'm laughing at some of Bethany's She's notes. laughing at my notes. Yeah, I never pick, picked up on that. I maybe, I don't know. I remember the very first paragraph of the of chapter one where she talks about, like, the wires hanging out of her ankle and stuff. So maybe I was thinking too much of that. Yeah. I picked like, the wires hanging out as more like if your, like, veins and, like, blood vessels just, like, came through your skin and, like, dangled. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I picture it more like skin would fit into the socket of the foot slash ankle joint mm. deal, as opposed to like the bottom of her calf is made of like cyborg metal and like the foot hooks on. I don't know. Anyway, she's got a compartment that's pretty flipping rat. Yeah, that would be oh. very, very convenient. Um, I felt a, a Harry Potter connection because she was looking around like her little work cell and talking about how it would have been her home for the last five years. And it reminded me of like how in book seven, Harry is looking around his cupboard and he's like, oh, I forgot how small it was. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't know the foot was still there. I have exclamation mm-hmm. points. <laughs> that whole part underlined. I also very sad because we get mention of Peony in this in her, her crumpled ball gown. And I, I, I had a little sad part. It wouldn't be coming with her. It's not, Ugh. which is sad. It is sad. But I'm glad that she found her foot. Yeah. No, that's great. She can walk normal now. If. Yeah. 
And then she's about to remove her ID chip, which I think I mentioned a few chapters back that she was going to have to cut it out if she wanted to run away. Oh, yeah. So with that, I wanted to say she had the blade soaking in alcohol, so she cares about sanitation. I'm very happy. Yeah, with Letamosis running around, you don't want to get an infection. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Trying to run away, you don't want an infection. You underlined all of this. I did underline a lot. I underlined that she pressed the blade to her wrist and a pain bit into her and she was trying to actually like slice this thing out. I don't know how big it is. I picture it the size of a SIM card. Okay. Ish. I remember you're looking at my tattoos like, how big would this be? See, no, okay, this is where I get a little freaked out. I have a very severe scar on my wrist when I was younger. I think I told this story before of how I fell into glass and my mom had to like carry me and drove me barefoot and stuff so the scar on my arm is pretty significant it's about an inch long it's very curvy you can still see the lines Mm -hmm. from where they pull the stitches out too early so the thought of cutting into my arm freaks me out because I remember the pain of that now that wasn't a surface wound that cut was so deep you could see the muscles and everything they had to go in there and mess around but it still like reminds me of that the pain that was associated with that cut. So it really freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> I'm try- Sorry, I'm, I'm like going through all my different scars. I have, I have a small quarter of an inch scar from where when they took out my implant on. That's probably similar to what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It's like a very small incision mm-hmm. scar. Yeah, actually yeah. I got two. There's yeah, I, would, I think hers is very small. I was just mentioning that mine's just big, so it freaks me out. I don't think hers is big at all. Yeah. With that scar, my mom came with me. I was already in the military and all that stuff, but I needed I needed female support in my life for that that getting that out. And she almost passed out watching them do that to me. My mom's amazing. My mom can watch anything. She's my mom's normally like that, but this time she was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Quentin can't handle it. When I dislocated my shoulder, Quentin tried twice to go with me to the doctor. And both times he got dizzy and lightheaded and felt Mm. like he was going to pass out. And that's the first and only time that's ever happened in his whole life. Yeah. And he was fine until they actually started moving my arm and you could hear the popping and dislodging and you could see the bones and stuff. That's when he got really freaked out. And I was like, maybe you just shouldn't come to the next appointment and I'll like paraphrase everything you missed. Smart idea. Yeah. But that's just what I thought of when she was talking about removing her chip. But then I don't think she actually removes it. She doesn't get to remove it. Yeah, because beep. Beep! beep. And that's, that's why Ashley was laughing at my notes, because I wrote, who dis? Who dis? Who dis? <laughs> who it be? Who dis? New, new net screen. Who dis? New net screen. Oh who my dis? god, yes! <laughs> new port screen. New port screen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's from Nancy's e-com is going off. So we get this girl, yeah. Should we describe her? You should describe her, Bethany. She must have been close to Cinder's age and had the longest, waviest, most unruly mess of tangled blonde hair imaginable. The golden nest around her head was tied in a big knot over one shoulder and cascaded in a jumble of braids and snarls, wrapping around one of the girl's arms before descending out of the screen's view. The girl was fidgeting with the ends, fervently winding and unwinding them around her fingers. If it weren't for the mess of hair, she would have been pretty. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I feel like my hair is the only thing that makes me pretty. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a, I feel like my hair is one of my best features, so I'm I kind already, of the opposite. I already told you that I loved your eyes last, yes, last you did. time. And I told yes. you I loved you and all this stuff. You, so weren't, you weren't here for the last podcast, but Ashley was very obsessive about my multicolored I, eyes. I, I declared my love for Bethany <laughs> as a friend. So what did you guys think of this girl with crazy hair? Frazzled. Oh my goodness. She has all kinds of things to say. So she's surrounded by metal. She's freaking out. She needs to find someone in the palace. And we find out she's a lunar. Yes. She's not only a lunar, but she's a lunar spy. She's a lunar spy. A lunar computer hacker spy. Yes. Yes. And I was like, I love Marissa Meyer. Her writing is incredible. I could feel this girl's anxiety. <laughs> yes. Her, like, franticness and desperation. Like, I was getting anxious on her behalf. Because she was just so anxious. She is super, super anxious. We nothing about this girl other than her hair. But thank you, Marissa Meyer, for giving me a girl with anxiety in the STEM field rocking at her job. Yes. Because I don't know anything about her. She could be evil, but she's clearly like a really good hacker or she wouldn't have this high level position mm-hmm. as, you know, um, civil slave. So, you know. That's a good point to make. Yeah. yeah. Yes, girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, for young girls. Good job. Yes. Mistress Sybil is her guardian, but she says it's like slavery. Like Becca said, she's her slave. Yeah, she says it in there. Yeah. Which, I mean, we get... I mean, I get some pretty bad slave vibes from Cinder's guardian with Audrey's situation. So this seems like something similar. But so how did she end up? Yeah, we don't get we're not given a lot of information about that. I I was a little disappointed with Cinder, though, because Cinder specifically talked about like, well, what does she say? She cleansed her jaw against the mounting pity. So she knows that, like, she knows this girl's plight because she's in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. But then she said, she's still a lunar. Okay, your prejudice needs to stop. You're also lunar. You're Cinder. also lunar. Right. You need to calm, you need to calm down. Like, this is not okay. You're also lunar. Mm-hmm. You're a lunar who's about to be a runaway cyborg fugitive. And this girl is obviously desperate for your help. And you know that she's in the same situation than yours. Worse, worse even, because you just thought like, oh, I never thought that Audrey would actually kill me except for the whole plague research thing. So you're not really in a position to judge this girl. Like, just listen to what she has to say. You know? Yeah. And then danger. Definitely danger. Danger. So what's the danger? Lavana. Lavana. Because Lavana knows. Yes, Lavana knows about Princess Celine. We do find out that what exactly did she do? For the last few years, Mistress has been asking me to connect feeds, court discussions, meetings. Nothing interesting. <laughs> and then, but then she asked me to program a decom chip that she could install in one of the royal androids, thinking she could spy on the emperor outside of the netlink. Mm-hmm. So now we know where the decom came from. We do. So it was lunar. So she knows everything the android knew. Everything she's been researching. Which I'm so sorry because I, I like, I underplayed that. I'm so sorry. Learning where the decom came from is an Easter egg hatch. I'm so sorry. Yes. Oh. I completely forgot to mention that that's a hatching. Mm-hmm. The hatching is happening. I'm sorry, Becca. Go ahead. Yeah, she knows everything that Android knew, everything she'd been researching. She knows that Princess Celine is alive and that Prince, I'm sorry, that Emperor Kai was searching for her. 
She knows that the emperor wanted to find the princess and instate her as the true lunar queen. Yep. And oh, this was bad. This is bad. She knows. And that means that everything is a trap. It is. Yeah. And she also knows more than we know at this point because she knows the doctors who helped Celine escape. She knows about a poor old woman in Europe who housed her. There's already people going to hunt her down. Yeah, that's scary. And Lavana's probably looking too for Celine, I guess. I mean, I mean, theoretically, Lavana killed her. So if Lavana thinks. Let's let's be as objective as possible. In this world, the accepted belief is that Lavana started a fire that killed Channery and her daughter, Celine. Yep. Which means that as far as Lavana's concerned, Celine is dead. So if Lavana finds out that yeah. Kai is looking for her, she's gonna uh-huh. and have found out a bunch of information, yeah, I bet she'd panic. Oh yeah, definitely. Be like, oh, sure. she's not dead? Excuse me? And yeah. just like that, that coroner got his Head chopped off. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, the coroner, the, the one that said, that declared that Celine was dead. He was probably going to get his head chopped oh. off. Executed. Yeah. What well, there's not, we, there was never, a body was never found. Yeah. So there was no coroner. Wasn't yeah, there pieces? Was a kind of All they found were pieces of skin. They never found a full body. So there was never going to be a coroner at all. Yeah. To what? To, maybe to identify the skin right. or whatever. Crime scene investigators. Yes, they no, can die. <laughs> they can die. But still, yeah, it was a Peter Pettigrew. It was uh, a bit, so we're just going to assume, which is stupid. Um, but she also tells us about the new army. Well, she hints at it vaguely, but we as the reader know what the army is. Mm-hmm. Peter doesn't know about this mutant. No, but we as the reader know. Yeah. 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 I really liked when she talked about... When Cinder was like, well, that would never happen. That No one would ever let that happen. And this girl was like, Lunar suspects she killed Queen Channery and Princess Celine. But what can they do about it? They might think of rebellion, but as soon as they're in her presence, she brainwashes them into compliance again. Ooh. Yeah, it's a really easy way to prevent rebellion. Yeah, especially if yeah. they've been killing all those shells. Yeah. It's a really exactly. easy way to do There's it. Nobody that can resist her long enough to get her out of range of controlling everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just her. She's got thaumaturges and guards and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So this girl is calling because she wants them to save the emperor. Yep. Yeah. And so Cinder has to warn him. Yep. And real quick, she gets a plan because sending him a calm, obviously... I mean, yeah, I wrote in my notes, uh, Cinder's taking charge of this whole situation. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. becoming a leader. She's got, she's got the foot, she's got the dirty, grease-stained, gorgeous gloves. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna make one hell of an outfit. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully enough to get her in. So the girl, the lunar girl in the server room tells her to take the chips so that they can talk if they need to. I'm so upset that she hung up on her. So what I wrote in there is into the calf it goes. <laughs> Since where I'm assuming she's putting it, she's going to put it out the other chips. Then he up on her and is just like, later, I'm off to do the thing. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go flip and do it. It just bums me out because this girl is frantic to make sure don't tell the mistress and just make sure that you save him and 
This girl obviously did not need to risk her own life for all of this. And as a looter, we're supposed to believe that she's evil and wouldn't risk her own life for all of this. And then Cinder's like, whatever. Peace out, bitch. I gotta go. Bye, Felicia. I like the bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) For real. Yeah. Uh, All right. So quotes. So abruptly in every single stinking chapter. Yes. She doesn't want you to stop reading. Oh, no, it's all cliffhangers. Oh, yeah. So, quotes? So, my quote was closer to the end. It was Peony's dress, the old foot that Aiko had saved, the silk gloves. I like it. Yeah. What was yours, Miss Becca? Mine was from the same page. Ooh. She grasped her head as the world spun around her. Ah. Ooh, that's a good one. Panic attack. Pretty much. Good line. Mine was from the lunar girl. It doesn't matter. Once she's Empress, she'll have no more use for him. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. For real. For real. Crazy. It is crazy. So what would we name this chapter? I was going to say the one with the surprise call, or maybe? Since she wasn't expecting a phone call. A com. Yeah, the one with the decom. Yeah. The one with them. Okay, so this week, there were eight eggs. So many eggs. There are eggs. That's almost a dozen eggs. Yeah, <laughs> that so might be the biggest one so far. We could make yeah. like three omelets. And so there were three, three gloves, gloves too. Ooh. Yes, three gloves. Yeah, well, yeah. the gloves that we're talking about now are a little fancier. So next episode, we will do chapter 33. And in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Our website. Never forget about oh, our, website. our website. Bethany yeah. spent lots of time on that. Oh, way. I still do. It's keeping up with a website is lots of maintenance. And you can email us, and anywhere that you leave us comments or reviews, we will read it on the show unless you tell us not to. And remember, and- remember that we have a raffle contest now. So if you leave us a review, your name will get put in, and you will get Ashley's book. Glory. My notes and all of the email correspondence between Bethany and Becca. Maybe not all. I mean, some of it's personal. We'll have to redact it. We will. We will. You should put data mask over it. <laughs> we'll do. There'll be some editing in there. Maybe I'll turn it into like a little book or something. I like a little well, book. That'd be cute. Yeah. yeah. So that's so, very exciting. Yeah. So we're trying to get to 30 reviews by the end of Cinder. And the end of Cinder is coming up, you guys. We're on book four. Yeah, it's going to be right around Christmas that we finish Cinder. So that'll be our Christmas present to each other. It will be. Yeah. Yay. How many pages do we have left? 90. We have 65 pages left. Five chapters, 65 pages. Yeah, by the new year, we're going to start Scarlet, which I'm super psyched about. I'm excited I'm, about Scarlet, too. I'm excited to just keep going. I just love how far we've gotten with the podcast. I know Becca and I originally were like, yeah, you know, if, if we all, you know, we'll do like 10 episodes and see how it goes. And we've gotten, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast with you ladies. I enjoy it, too. It's yes. so fun. I hope everyone yeah. has a good week. By the time our lovely listeners hear this. I will have hopefully finished Supernova. School and work is super busy this week, so... I really have to carve out some time, but hopefully I'll have finished it. And in the meantime, have a good week. Have a good week. Bye! The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. 
This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Rebecca Baker and Ashley Leonard. The logo art was created by Angela Wong on Instagram. Thank you for listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.